Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. God bless you. Jess is out today, but I wanted to say we got a special, special guest today, Todd Benson. He's a, uh, well, he's a journalist, a very uh, noted journalist, wrote a book called America's Covert Border War. Wait till you hear that interview. But I wanted to just, before we get to the good news of the gospel, say we had a wonderful weekend at the marriage uh, conference. We had about, um, I guess, about 55 couples at the chapel, and it seemed like everybody did well. We had people coming all the way from El Paso, Texas, Northern California, and it was broadcast on the internet. So if you want to listen to what we had to say, go to vmpr.org, and I think you'll enjoy the talks. I sure did. Uh, Also, our next conference is going to be with the men's conference, June 18th, with Jess Romero, Ruben Nava, and myself. And so I want to encourage people to go to VMPR to sign up for the men's conference. Um, Also, just a quick note that um, tomorrow we have a special guest, Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life, to talk a little bit more about the Roe versus Wade issue. But before we do any of that, let's get the gospel. We always ask Jesse to give us some soul food. Well, we're reading from the Gospel of John. We've been reading from John, gosh, for a week or two now. And I love last week when we read about John 6 on the Eucharist. Well, now this is Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11 to 18. A reading, so it says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own see a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I will lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it up. This command I have received from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this reading applies, obviously, to the shepherds of our church, but it it really applies to dads. Yeah, me, Jess, if you're a dad, are you going to lay down your life for your wife and family if you have to, to protect them, to guard them? And I see the same thing with the shepherds in the church. You know, we're supposed to, our shepherds are supposed to be one voice with Christ. And unfortunately, whether it's in the family, in the crisis in the family, or the crisis in the church, it's a crisis of masculinity. What? Yes! Yes, dads, step up to the plate, defend the family. When the schools are teaching stuff contrary, you got to step up and say, not on my watch. Bishops, I mean, Bishop Strickland has said this over and over every Tuesday I interview him. We bishops need to step up more and protect the flock from the evils of the world. So this is a challenge for not just the bishops, but for us dads. And I mention that because in marriage, one of the questions I, when I talk to couples that are wanting to get married, I always ask, hey man, 
Are you willing to lay down your life for your wife, future wife, like Jesus Christ would lay his life? Like he did his, he laid his life down for us. Well, uh, what? Yes, that's what you're called to do for your children and for your wife. And I think that the world is crept in enough to say, ah, just until it, you know, it's good. Okay, it's okay when it, and everybody's happy, but when you have troubles, you got to step aside. No, no. Sacrifice is the language of love. And that's why the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep because of love. So I think that uh, this is something that we need to keep seriously consider right now in our world. And I'm going to tie this into a friend that's on the train with Bishop Sheen. So we're going to get to that in a moment. But um, the bottom line on the Gospel of John is the Gospel of love. So I'm going to give you some homework to do. Read the remaining chapters of the Gospel of John. I, I read my readings before Mass, you know, early in the morning or late at night, either one, to think about the situation, and I can put myself in it. So uh, I'm going to encourage you to read the rest of the Gospel of John. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Full Sheen Ahead. And don't forget, um, full, we have the Full Sheen Ahead YouTube channel. It's new. And we need people to promote this because it's such beautiful statements by Sheen or, or whoever he's on the train with, a special guest, because it's important to get his message out. Now, some of you heard I'm going to be speaking to 20,000 people later this month on the 28th of May in Sacramento at a football stadium called Rosaries for Life, Rosaries for Priests, excuse me. And Father Don Calloway will be there. And the two of us are going to give some talks on the value of praying for priests and the priesthood in general. And we're going to give away Bishop Sheen's Called and Chosen, which is a priest retreat, because we said to ourselves, what can we do to help Holy Mother, the church, when this crisis of the priesthood is in? Well, we can give them a retreat by Bishop Sheen that will inspire the priests to make the daily holy hour, to have great love for Our Lady. How do we do that? Well, people can scan it on the cue card at the stadium. We're giving out cards, and then we ask them to take it and give it to your parish priest after you're done listening. And I think this is going to help Holy Mother of the Church because I think Fulton Sheen is the answer to the church problems where, where it's compromised because Fulton Sheen never compromised. So that's what we're doing, and if you'd like to support us in that, go to vmpr.org. <clears throat> that's what we're doing at the end of the month, and we're going to get this out to everybody we know. So if you know you have a priest friend and you want to get that, it's easy. We're going to give it away for free. You know that old story, the mattress is free. Well, the Fulton Sheen retreat is for free. We want this to help Holy Mother the Church. All right, before we get to the interview coming up with Todd Benson, I want to mention something that uh, here in Los Angeles, the pro-abortion protesters went in at the cathedral in Los Angeles at the 10 a.m. Mass to disrupt the Sunday Mass, and it was right before Holy Communion, you know? But I'm very happy to report that the Knights of Columbus were there to protect the, the Eucharist and to protect the people, and they use what I call is in the Catechism proportionate measures to protect the church from any damage or anybody getting hurt. And they just, I heard them say on the video, hey, respect us. You need to get out of our church right now. You're, this protest is illegal. Move. And some of the big guys I saw, they were 
young. I saw him. I said, it's not the old guys. It's young men. You know, big football players pushing the, just walking, saying, you need to move. As they were moving and pushing the people back uh, that were dressed up. And they had no chance. And so, see, this is what we call proportionate measures. They didn't get shot. They didn't get, you know, hurt. We just said, no, excuse me, but this is not the time and the place for this. You need to, you know, move. We're, we're having a house of worship. This is illegal in America to break up a church service. And they were at the uh, Santa Bonaventura uh, mission doing it, and I don't know what happened there, but I still, I think that we are now responding in a way that it's not aggressive, it's just protective. And I was very happy to see that at the cathedral. So praise God for those um, young men. You notice I said young men that were defending Holy Mother, the church. Praise God. Also, the Fulton Sheen, let's bring him into the room right now. Oh, we did. And did I tell you this? Here's, I'm sorry. His guest is this. Uh, thank you, Mr. Engineer. The guest is Dietrich von Hildebrand, one of the great 20th century philosophers. And uh, they were discussing the big problems in the church. And Dietrich von Hildebrand said, the biggest problem in the church is we don't have people loving God. We have people loving man. And I thought, wow, that, uh, that's a very, very profound insight. That was in the 20th century. Nothing's changed. We act like God doesn't exist today. And that's one of the things that we're going to be discussing in a special fireside chat with Dr. Sandoval, Matt Arnold, myself, for our monthly donors. We give you guys a special hour that we're going to be discussing certain aspects of how to live out that faith. It's just so important because, like I said, the world acts like you know, that God doesn't exist. The last thing I'm going to say before we break, don't forget, I just told you the June 18th Men's Conference with Jess Romero, Ruben Nava, and Terry Barber. Uh, we'll be at the Sacred Heart Chapel, and uh, we'd love to see you come. Uh, you know, be fed. We need more men, especially young men, to come to this and be fired up about their Catholic faith. Also, I thought was a quote of the day was kind of interesting. Are you ready? Put your seatbelt on. Democrats want to protect women's rights, but they can't define a woman. Senator Marshall Blackburn. I thought that was an interesting comment. Really, that's so true. And then I, I, I thought it was kind of an interesting uh, point, too, and I like this. Protecting the co court's justices from violence. Senator John Corrin, a Texas Republican, introduced legislation Thursday to increase security for the Supreme Court justices and their family. Good move. This move comes after radical leftist groups announced they would go to the justice private homes and confront them over their pro-life stance on Roe versus Wade. We must protect the justices and their family in case these protesters turn violent, is what the senator said. Couldn't agree more with him. Uh, it just shows you how liberals operate, whether they're in the church to break up a church service or to go to Supreme Court justices. Remember, I haven't heard one Democrat or liberal person say it was wrong that the Supreme Court was violated by this secret, uh, you know, being exposed out to the public. That's wrong. Never before in our country we've had that happen. And, and there's not a peep out of them. Stay with us, family. we got a great interview with Todd Bensman coming up here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now... Here's Terry and Jesse. 
Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I love to say we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd all be billionaires. I understand I have Todd Bensman. He's the author of America's Covert Border on the War, the Border War. Uh, Todd, are you there? Because I don't see you. Are you. Oh, he's not on. Okay, we don't have him on yet. Okay, well, he's coming on, and we're going to be talking about the border. I just wanted to remind everybody how important it is to speak out in our culture today. Remember the quote, never worry about uh, who will be offended if you speak the truth? Don't worry about it because it's the truth that sets us free. Mr. Engineer tells me I have Todd. Todd, are you there, my brother? Yes, I'm here. All right. Well, Todd, I got to congratulate you on your book because somebody finally is, uh, is communicating to us lay people here about what's going on on the border. So I want to congratulate you on this book, America's Covert Border War. Thank you. Yeah, and I also want to ask you some tough questions because our people need to know what's going on. I mean, I'm a, I'm a husband with four kids. That, you know, I, I, I don't like what, what I'm hearing. At least some people are telling me that our border is being, you know, uh, violated. So let me ask you this. Uh, your book, and I want people to get your new book, America's Covert Border War, but would you say, Todd, that President Trump had the best, most efficient, most effective border policy in our lifetime, or is he with the others, or is he separate on that? Well, I'd have to say that, you know, the numbers speak well of his policies. Okay. The numbers of monthly apprehensions, which are an indicator of how much flow is coming over the border. Of course. We're really at historic lows. We ha hadn't seen you know, 20,000 a month, 30,000 a month in like memory. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that sounds like a lot, 30,000 a month, but Not compared you know, consider, to... <laughs> yeah, consider that we last month we had 220,000. Unbelievable. You know, Unbelievable. And we're going to have another 210,000 for the month of April. And, <clears throat> you know, we're up in the ionosphere. Wow. But when Trump, when Trump was in office, his last, uh, you know, year in office. Yes. Because he was uh, putting policy uh, on the table that directly spoke to migrant motivations mm -hmm. for coming here, that directly, uh, you know, messed with their decision-making sure. uh, calculus, they didn't come because they would get stuck in Mexico or deported back to <laughs> Central America. Right. And that's not the game. The game is you apply for asylum at the border and then you just get in forever. Wow. And so he took that off the table and those policies produced numbers and the best numbers really came when he implemented title 42, which is the pandemic policy, yes. which gave, took uh, the ability to claim asylum completely off the table for everyone. Yes. And instant expulsion. And those numbers were really, really low when Biden took over. Yep. yep, that's what I understand. Todd, what are the actual root causes of this mass migration event? And also, why do people from Latin America just keep coming in waves? You know, we've never seen anything like this. And what, what's causing it? What's the bottom line? Well, first of all, you have, to rec you have to recognize that, you know, the world is mostly impoverished. Yeah. And... You know, there's 700 million people who are listed as being in extreme poverty. Wow. And another another couple billion 
who are in, you know, just regular poverty. Mm -hmm. And so you just have this imbalance in the world about, you know, there are rich countries and poor countries and the people that live in poor countries just simply always want to come into the country. Mm -hmm. But I don't regard those as root causes. Those are just steady state circumstances that have always existed throughout human history. The root causes are when the administration makes a policy change like we're going to let in all family units now yeah. where everybody who's in a family gets in mm -hmm. and that's a root cause the second you say that and they see it happening on their uh, cell phones on selfies mm -hmm. <laughs> they're all coming <clears throat> excuse me mm -hmm. they're coming and when you say that we will leave no child behind in mexico the next thing you know is you have 200,000 unaccompanied minors, the most in history, world go. history, mm -hmm. coming. So that, that's a root cause. Policy is a root cause, and the migrants will be the very first ones to tell you that they're coming now because they can. Yeah. They let, they're letting them in. Well, well, Todd, that just runs into my next question. In the nutshell, what are the Biden-Harris border policies? Well, there's a couple of big ones. Okay. The, the biggest the biggest one yep. is we are going to ex make exceptions to Title 42 pushback mm -hmm. for families who have kids that are under 7 years old. Got it. When they did that, which happened on inauguration day, happened on inauguration day. Hmm. The very next day we had a massive flood border wide. Why wouldn't of you? Those, of those people. Yeah, of course. And they did it. They also uh, carved out exemptions for unaccompanied minors and pregnant women. Mm -hmm. And so you had pregnant women, unaccompanied minors, and family units uh, of under seven years old just pile driving over the border immediately. And then the other major policy was that they abolished ICE. Mm. Uh, not not technically, you know, they're still getting paychecks, but they severely curtailed deportations from the interior of the United States, which created this incredible incentive, this enticing incentive for the single adults mm -hmm. to just bust through and get past the 100-mile mark. If you could get past the 100-mile mark, you are not going to be deported anywhere in the country so you have these single adults that are constantly pushing and probing and trying to and running and dodging and evading and getting through by the hundreds of thousands 650,000 yeah. uh, have gotten away and so it was the the elimination of ice uh, was the other major thing so the carve outs to title 42 the elimination of deportation in the interior and now we're looking at, in a couple of weeks, the completion of the takedown for Title 42. Wow. So there'll be no expulsions whatsoever. Huh. Uh, and uh, one last thing, if I have a Sure. No, I want to give you all the airtime you need, brother. Go ahead. The restoration of asylum mm -hmm. to everybody and anybody, regardless of whether they're eligible. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, because that's what Title 42 does. You just simply say the magic words yeah. and you're in forever. Unbelievable. 
Well, and that's what they did. Todd, this is incredible. I got more so many questions. What what has the Harris uh, and Biden done and pro- proactively to secure the? In other words, I want to know what are they doing to secure the borders, if anything. Well, they the the problem is that they they have done some things. Oh, like what? Uh, they 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 do do some things, but but the the problem is that the things that they do are offset by the other things that they do. Yeah, I get it. Which just completely neutralize mm-hmm. the deterrent things that they do, and they have done. For example, they have uh, pressured the governments of Central America and Mexico to shut down the caravans and to slow roll the migrants coming through down there Mm -hmm. and to cause problems for those migrants coming across from Guatemala and trying to form caravans. They'll beat them up and shut them down. Uh, And that's a thing that they did. Another thing that they did was they have the Biden administration has deported by air uh, hundreds of thousands of family units Mm -hmm. back to Haiti and to Central American countries Mm -hmm. uh, as a deterrent under title under title 42. Those were good moves. Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to slow the the thing down. The problem is that they were also at the same time letting everybody in. You know, they were letting hundreds of thousands of people in and flying them to cities anywhere in the country that the migrants wanted to go on totally spurious legal grounds, just paroling them in illegally. And so, you know, a migrant who's looking at their chances down in Mexico are thinking, you know, I've got about 60 or 70 percent chance of making it in with my family. I'm going to go for it. And so they just keep going for it. Of course. Uh, Todd, you wrote the book, America's Covert Border War. For those who just tuned in, I want you to get a copy, folks, of getting that book. Uh, Todd uh, Bensman, this is a big question that many of us are really concerned about here in America. Are terrorists crossing through our border, yes or no? Yes, oh my and God. absolutely yes. Yeah, uh, Tell Of course us. they are. Yeah. Um, they're not they're not huge numbers, but we do have some numbers now in hand. Uh, my book, America's Covert Border War, d- discusses this at length. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have counterterrorism programs that are in place to filter for them and to deport them out. Typically, as I say in my book, we get about 20 a year who are on the FBI's terrorism watch list wow. already. Wow. That's 22 many. Oh my God! Well, it only took nineteen. It only took nineteen uh, hijackers. Exactly. Eleven. Exactly. Uh, and send us to war in Afghanistan for twenty years. You so, got it. small numbers, big consequences, which is the title of my first chapter, explaining this. In twenty twenty one, we now have a confirmation from DHS. Yes. We had forty two cross, either through a land port of entry or between ports of entry who were already on the FBI's terrorism watch list. Incredible. That means we, these are the people that we already know about yeah. and that we caught. Uh, I mentioned earlier we had 650,000 gotaways, yeah. uh, which is a huge and very concerning number, and I'm pretty sure that uh, there are some terrorists that got through with them and are probably in the country right now as we speak. Uh, but th- these are... Uh, 
these are people that we already are on are already on the watch list. Yeah. And this is coming from D, DHS yeah. uh, through Freedom of Information Act requests, not from Donald Trump or Todd Bensman or some other questionable yeah. source. <laughs> That's cute. Todd, I just I got to ask also, not just terrorism, but we the drug people, the things that are, I mean, we've had so much um, here in Los Angeles where I live, L.A. County, crime has gone up. And a high percentage of these people committing crimes are illegally here in our state. And so is that indicative or am I on to something there? Well, the problem with a with a uh, an insecure border yeah. is that, you know, you're going to have all sorts of I mean, you're going to have like decent people coming through or just going to work sure. and not be a problem. Sure. sure. But the problem is that everybody coming over the border is a stranger. I got it. Un- of unknown background. Got it. Todd, we got to take a quick break. I hear the bumper music. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, talking to Todd Bensman, talking about his new book, America's Covert Border War. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more great questions. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526- now, here's Terry and Jesse. Well, welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I have Todd Bensman, the author of a book, America's Covert Border War. It's now available from Post Hill Press. And, uh, man, this I just got to say this. You fit right in with Virgin Most Powerful because we're politically incorrect here at this network. And we're always giving people information that most people are very uncomfortable with. So thank you for taking the time to share that. Uh, I'm talking about, uh, you know, the we're talking about the, the the border, and I'm asking you questions about not just you know um, terrorists that are coming across, but um, we've heard this term coyote, which is for those who don't know what a coyote is. These are these knuckleheads who um, will get paid thousands of dollars to bring people in illegally into this country. Todd, I don't know about your book, if it covers this, but is it par for the course, because I've heard this, that women actually get raped as part of their payment to the coyotes when they're bringing them over to the U.S.? Is that, is that, does that happen? Well, I, <clears throat> I think that, that there's very credible reporting. I've read that. Uh, that, that, that that does happen uh, from, you know, Border Patrol yeah. and ICE Homeland Security Investigations and uh, you know, the migrants themselves are uh, often reporting that this happened. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, I, I don't really doubt that it's happening. I just don't know yeah, you can't to get what the extent fact. it happens. Yeah, right. I mean, it makes sense that, it that it's happening, and especially because uh, when the Biden administration announced to the world that they were accepting unaccompanied minors, that set off this huge flood of, of, of young girls. Of course. Uh, so... You know, policy, you know, causes rape. Amen. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's it wouldn't surprise me. I've seen lots of 15 and 16-year-old girls down there on their own crossing in. Wow. You know, being sent for by family. And, you know, they're just, you know, they're... No one there to protect them. Nope. They're targets. Yep, of they're course. targets. Of course. Todd, this is amazing. I thought I read this on the internet, but you correct me. Were illegal immigrants exempt from the Biden's COVID-19 mandates and the same mandates that they tried to force on all of the Americans? Is that true? 
Well, yes and no. I mean, in the beginning yeah. of the crisis, mm-hmm. right after inauguration, yeah. the, they set off such a flood that, you know, they, they, they exempted everybody from the pandemic wow. uh, pushback. Wow. All these families. And they all came in. Nobody was getting tested. They just flooding in and putting oh, on buses. Gosh. And airplanes, oh. and then and then they did come up with a, eventually a system of testing, at least testing them yeah. before they would get released. But the ones that tested positive were given over to these nonprofits to put into hotel quarantine, but there was no way to enforce it. So they put a <laughs> sick family in a hotel, and then oh my gosh. the sick family would just leave the next day, and there was nothing to you know so. Really, I mean, the whole thing was a sieve. Yeah, uh, and, and probably still is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Todd, the media, and this is something I want to get it straight. What's the genesis of this? The media said that Trump, I remember it well when he was president, was locking up kids in cages at the border. Uh, who built these cages? That's my question. Who built the cages, and was it the Trump administration? Yes or no? No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, you know, yeah. listen, they, we, we have been uh, the, the DHS and before DHS, INS, yes. going all the way back to before, have always had to hold children who came over with somebody, an adult that was not a parent or guardian. Yeah. Uh, or who wandered over by themselves for whatever reason. And, and so every it was just simply politicized under Trump. Yes. But but. Every administration has had to detain kids. That's yes. just the way it works because we can't just let them run around on the streets, you know, without protection. Of course. So that's just what we do. But under Trump, it was, oh, my God, he, he's doing something terrible. <laughs> under Biden, he's just trying to help. Yeah. You know, yeah. so but those kids are in cages, too. I mean, I mean, of course, we had to open up uh, convention centers in San Diego and Dallas. I remember. And, you know, right. I mean, they were filled with thousands of kids yep. who were detained. They yep. weren't free to leave. And, you know, they were kids in cages, too. Yep. Todd, I, we've mentioned on the air that 40 percent of the budget for our bishops conference, the UCCB, comes from the federal government. And we've talked a little bit about this, but I want to get your take. How are the U.S. bishops complacent? with this border crisis, and are the U.S. bishops receiving large sums of money to be complicit in this mass movement of illegal immigration from Latin America to the United States? Question. Well, I'll just start with this. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge expert on the uh, inner workings of the, the church's sure. involvement mm-hmm. with the government on this. However, I do know for a fact that Catholic charity— yes. Uh, which is the uh, church-connected uh, yep, mm-hmm. non? I guess it's a nonprofit. The five hundred one c three, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Five hundred one three c is is in, engaged in massive contracts, yep. federal yep. contracts, with the government to help it manage illegal immigrants that are coming over the border to help get them resettled and to get them on transportation, to get them tested for COVID as they're coming in. And I've stood outside uh, Catholic Charities in, like, McAllen and just watched, you know, hundreds of them just go right through there yep. and be released onto buses. And you can't help but, but wonder if 
Catholic Charities is advocating for illegal immigration because it's making a lot of money. Yes, and I want everybody to know the Catechism of the Catholic Church makes it very clear that governments have a right uh, to regulate who comes into the countries. And so, yes, it says we should be generous, but that doesn't mean we have to open up our borders to anyone coming in. So that's the official teachings of the Church. Is it implemented? I'll be honest, Todd. No, I don't think so. Number, uh, the next question, is there a working relationship that you know of with the UCCB? <clears throat> well, you mentioned this already, the federal government. And does the, you, know, you already said that the church does get big, big money from the government. But <clears throat> let me ask you this. Do the Democrats, this is a, a question, not just a judgment, but it seems to me that it would be. But I want your take. Do the Democrats want to ensure that they stay in power by bringing new constituents to the party. In other words, all those immigration that's coming in, it seems to me that they're signing them up as Democrats. Am I onto something or is that just an exaggeration? I've heard the uh, that mm-hmm. theory a yeah. lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not an advocate of that theory. Okay, good. Uh, Tell me why. I, I, well, for one thing, in order for an illegal immigrant to to get to vote, there is a lot there are a lot of years to legally vote anyway, mm-hmm. a lot of years between entry and voting. I see. And I, it's hard for, for me to believe that the architects of this thing are thinking that far ahead. <laughs> You're not giving them. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's funny. I just, yeah, I'm not giving, I'm not giving them credit. Exactly. To, to strategize this way. Yeah. And also there's no guarantee how these people are going to vote. I mean, they get That's in true. and, you know, next thing you know, they're thinking, you know, I got in, but yeah. I don't think anybody more should be getting in, you know. Yeah, I get it. And a lot of Latino. And the other thing is, tell me uh, on on that issue is that um, you you can't um, uh, there, there's no other explanation for why the Democrats are doing this. Mm-hmm. They just nobody understands why they would do this, yeah. and. I don't think they know why they're gonna they're doing it either, and wow. so it makes sense for people to just come up with plausible sounding theories. Yeah, and I think this is one of those theories that kind of helps try to explain. I get what you. This could good be, answer. Nobody nobody gets it. Yeah, nobody no, I get it. Understands why they're for this. Todd, that was a good answer. You know, something puzzles me because I here I live in Southern California, and I've run into people who have been involved with the Mexican cartels and. And they've, you know, lost their lives because of, you know, things that go on. And so I'm wondering, what role does the Mexican cartels play in this border crisis with, with regards to illegal people, but also drugs? Do you know? Well, the Mexican cartels, especially uh, the Gulf cartel okay. in southern, uh, across from southern Texas, mm-hmm are mainly exploiting the opportunity to increase profit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that the cartels are instrumental in passing along intelligence about where the border, when the border is open Mm -hmm. and where it's open. Uh, But I don't think that they are causing uh, the mass migration. What's causing the mass migration are policies. Yes that are then pronounced publicly at press conferences. And then the migrants are taking selfies of themselves <laughs> crossing true. and getting into uh, on the buses. Yes. And they're taking selfies. Unbelievable. Selfies go straight back to, 
to home villages, but the cartels are charging $2,500 to $9,000 per person to wow. cross. Wow. And if we, if you've got two or 3 million or 4 million people crossing down there, you can do the math and figure out the, uh, the level of profit. There is some reporting that they are now making more money from human smuggling yep. than they are with drugs, yeah, drug read, trafficking. Wow, I read the same thing on that, and that, that really amazed me. Uh, Todd, I, we're gonna, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about a couple questions regarding action items. What can we do, lay people here, um, I mean, by our votes? But, you know, vote, you know the, the elections have consequences, and I'm, I'm of the opinion that bringing back President Trump, if he does run, uh, it seems to me he's got a track record on this border, and I, I'm hoping that, you know, that can happen. But when we come back, let's talk about action items on what we can do to help keep our country's border secure. And, uh, folks, I want to make another plug for Todd Bensman's book, America's Covert Border War. It's the untold story of the nation's battle, right? So and it's available from Hillcrest. And uh, I, I, don't, I try not to uh, tell anybody to go to Amazon because of what they're doing on abortion. So try and find that right from the directly from the publisher. Get the book. You can get it on Barnes & Noble. That's even better. Thank you. Because I, I, uh, I'm hardcore when it comes to um, Amazon paying $4,000 to have their employees get an abortion. They're done with us. Hey, when we come back, Todd Benson's here. His new book, America's Covert Border War. More questions. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Todd Benson is my guest. And I, like, I think I'm rapid fire uh, questions. This guy's like Sergeant Friday, if you guys remember um, the Dragnet uh, television show back in the 60s. And he's just firing away right back at me. And I appreciate that, Todd. Todd, here's another question I have. Is Mexico's president part of the problem in this border crisis, and could he stop it? Uh, yes yes, and no. Okay. Uh, the, the Obrador, uh, is, is, if he is left to his own devices, yeah. he, will, he will do uh, what is in his national interest, right, which is to say that move the hot potato from our territory to the American territory, which mm-hmm. is the natural downhill flow, yeah. right? Uh, but they can be made to uh, have it in their national interest to stop the flow. And Trump did that yeah. by telling them that if you don't stop the flow, we will destroy your economy totally. I know, I love that. With progressive with progressive trade tariffs. Yep. The day the day that Biden got into office, the threat ended. Yep. And the Mexican government, led by Obrador, uh, passed a law in the Mexican Congress quietly that was timed to be implemented just as Biden took office. And that is what uh, they and, and what the law said was essentially we're not going to take your Title 42 expulsions anymore mm-hmm. for families, and uh, by not taking them back, that means you're stuck with them. 
And that's how this happened on day one. They set it up uh, for day one. The other thing that Oberdor does is uh, they pretend like they're holding them back uh, (laughs) on their southern border with Guatemala until they reach about 50,000. And then they, the Mexicans let them go quietly forth to 13 or 14 different Mexican cities so that nobody notices. Wow. But they're releasing them all up here anyway. They're doing us no favors, but they're taking advantage of, uh, you know, a passive, weak, and probably uh, not uh, comprehending yeah. president. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you can't blame the Mexicans. I mean, they're doing what it's not in their interest to to have to expensively, uh, you know, take care of, you know, hundreds of thousands of migrants. All they have to do is just make it so that they keep going, and that's what they're doing. I get it. Now, Todd, how many years have you been working on this project for this book? In other words, you sound, you're so well-versed on it. How many years has this been in a process before you actually printed, uh, wrote this book? That book? dates back about 13 years. I was a journalist. Oh my gosh. And I first got onto that story uh, when I was working on the border in 2006. Uh, all these Iraqis were coming across mm-hmm. from the war, yep. and uh, there was a terrorism issue with that. Mm-hmm. And I traveled all over the world covering I'd that love you. and doing a five part series. But then uh, after that, I, I went into uh, the intelligence uh, business. Oh my with God. The Texas Department of Public Safety Good for you. and worked with our federal partners on that issue for another nine years. The book is a, comp- a compilation of my intelligence experience with that issue of jihadists mm-hmm. crossing the border and when I was a newspaper reporter. Incredible. Well, I just came back from Texas last week for a men's conference and I was so impressed with the men there. Um, you're in Texas. I got to ask this question off the cuff, and that is, it seems like your governor is taking the bull by the horns and protecting its people without the federal government. Is that a fair statement? Yes, I I believe so. He has his critics. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is running for uh, governor, but he doesn't have any serious challenge. Mm -hmm. So I think it's legitimate what he's doing. He's got Operation Lone Star to plug the the gaps for Mm -hmm. drug smuggling. Good. He, He recently shut down all of the bridges uh, from Mexico for trade. Wow! By doing safety inspections until all four governors, Mexican governors, came to the table and negotiated a deal <laughs> where they were going to slow down migration on their side. I love it. Or he'll put the troopers back and shut the bridges down again. Uh, very Trumpian with that. I was just going to say that's and, Trump all the way. <laughs> and the other thing uh, that he, that is a big deal, in yeah, my tell opinion, me. is that he's. He's constructing Trump's wall. Yes, that's. I don't mean chain link. I mean the big thirty-foot wall, uh, everywhere that he possibly can. Awesome. Well, let me ask you this: in the few minutes we have left, Todd, what are action items for mom and dad, and just a hoi polloi guy that's listening? What can we do to help stop the, uh, you know, this covert border war that's happening on our border? What can we do as individuals? Unfortunately, I get asked this a lot. Of Unfortunately, course. the uh, levers of power mm-hmm. over illegal immigration and what we do about it, mm-hmm. and filtering and stopping it, go right to the White House. Yeah, It passes Congress. 
It just goes to the White House. It's an executive authority. And so, unfortunately, there's very little any of us can do if you want to stop illegal immigration at this level. But uh, there is, there is, I do believe that knowledge is power. Yes. And that uh, people need to uh, be aware of what's happening and make a lot of noise about it exactly. in advance of the 2022 midterms. If you don't like it, then vote for candidates that might use the power of appropriations Amen. in Congress yep. for the final two years uh, and vote out anybody who's a rhino or uh, yep. you know, not not doing the work. Yep. Well, that's that's exactly the solution for me. The elections have consequences. I saw that um, Mr. Biden's um, approval rate is really, really low. And I would imagine a lot of people are not too happy about economy, the border, uh, inflation. And it seems to me that uh, we need to take our country back. That's my opinion on solving this. And I would just say this as committed Christians, Catholics here and people of goodwill, it seems like we have to stand up now and really uh, look at what's best, not for you as an individual, but for the country. And it seems to me that for safety, for all the above reasons, keeping our border secure is incredibly important because, you know, you hear people, Todd, say that, you know, we're borderless countries. Are you kidding me? Where in the world, where does that work, Todd? Is there anywhere in the world where there's no borders for countries that that works? Can you share that? Can you tell me where that works? Of course not. There's there's no break. such thing as a country without borders that, oh. it, not not just across current time, but through history. Yes. You know, nobody, nobody's nobody, ever done it. Even nation states always have walls and borders exactly. and everything. The Vatican has but walls. Go ahead. Even the Vatican That's has right. a wall. Yep. And a pretty good one, too. And <laughs> I'll tell you, what one thing to look for, though, is that things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. When they when they eliminate Title 42 in a couple weeks, yes. or if they d- delay it, whenever they get it lifted, yes. we're at about 7,000 apprehensions a day, and the administration's intelligence community is predicting 18,000 a day. Wow. You're looking, you're looking at something that is so far beyond the American experience that we will have never either dealt with anything like this or seen anything like this. Yeah. It's, about to, it's about to happen. Well, Todd, the numbers you gave at the beginning of the interview of a quarter of a million people a month, I mean, that's the size of Anaheim, uh, California, where Disneyland is. I mean, it's a huge city. And we, we, we're getting that every month uh, at a point where, you know, that just can't continue uh, without dire consequences. Am I onto something there? No, you're absolutely. I mean, the, all, all of these people, yeah. once Title 42 is lifted, yeah. the vast majority of them will actually enter the country and be allowed to stay. Wow. And that is going to be uh, at 12,000 a day or 18,000, whatever it turns out to be. Is going to be millions of people in your school districts wow. and at your, your emergency rooms yep. and on your welfare rolls, and everybody is going to feel this. Yep. Everybody is going to feel this. Todd, I got to th- I, I got to just say we're out of time, but I want to remind everybody the name of your book: America's Covert uh, Border War. It's the untold story, and it's available from um, Post Hill Press, our our uh, Barnes and Nobles. 
I would encourage people to get the book, be informed, because like you said, knowledge is power. But also remember, everyone, the midterm elections are coming up, and then we have the president's election coming up two years after that. And, um, yeah, we just have to vote with our moral conscience and know that uh, it's time to put things in order because it's actually, I use the word chaos over at the border. It just seems like there's no order. And, um, you know, I'm not that far from the border, but I, I, what I've seen, Todd, is uh, similar to what you've said. So I concur with you that this book is really apropos for us today. Any final thoughts before I let you go? No, I do appreciate you uh, yeah. giving me uh, time to voice my opinion and, and amplifying the <laughs> message that this is something that is really outside the American experience. Yeah. Even, even traditional Democrats have never pursued policies like this. Yeah. Obama didn't. Uh, Bill Clinton didn't. Right. Uh, this is something that is really far-fringe Antifa stuff, crazy yeah. uh, ideology. Well said. Todd Benson book, I'll give it the last name, America's Covert Border War. My phone in notes is, is just um, uh, saying, hey, come on, spell his name. Well, it's T-O-D-D and then Benson is B-E-N-S-M-A-N. And uh, again, yeah, B as in boy. Yeah, B as in boy. And 13 years of preparing for this book. God, I can't think of a better guy that, you know, everybody should read that book. Todd, I want to thank you for taking these 45 minutes. I mean, usually I know people only want to give you about 10 minutes, but you know what? This is such an important topic. People need to be on top of what's going on at our border. And you just helped us understand the problems and the solutions for that border problem. Thanks so much, Todd. Thank you. God love you. Folks, it's time for uh, the final minute or two. What are we saying uh, here at the Terry and Jesse show? We say, what state should we be living in? No. What state? No, the state of grace. That's what we should be living in. Don't lose it. Stay in the state of grace by getting to confession on a regular basis. Um, Also, how do we do this? Through the sacraments, through our prayers. Remember, we want to be praying the daily rosary every day or you're off the team. Remember what Our Lady said, that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. And this is so important that we see that life is short and eternity is forever. Remember, tomorrow I'll have Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life on. Tell your friends, he's one of my favorite Catholic priests. He'll set us straight on what's happening with Roe versus Wade here on the Virgin Most Powerful Network. Don't hesitate to... Uh, Go to our website to look at all the events that are going on, vmpr.org. Pick up some downloads. And I just want to say thank you for listening. And I hope that was an informative hour. May God richly bless you and your family. Full sheen ahead.